Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. John 3, 1, 10. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So when I was little, whenever I'd had a bad day or felt like the world was ending, just remember that little people can have really, really big feelings, and I had a lot of them. My mom would sit on the edge of my bed at night as I worried or cried and would say, tomorrow's a new day. Everything is better in the morning. I have always been grateful for that framework that every day is a chance to start over with every dawn. We get the opportunity to begin again. What a gift. What a gift. And maybe there's an advantage to being a kid. I mean, when you're young, so many things are new. So the idea of starting over might not seem like such the obstacle that it seems when you are an adult, older, and pretty settled into a place where you're comfortable and that others around you approve of. 
which is right where Nicodemus was sitting. In that cushy place of relative comfort, power, means, and approval. He was a Pharisee, the Gospel of John tells us, meaning that he was a scribe or a scholar or both. Now, Pharisees were not priests. They were lay people, lay men, if we want to be exact, who followed the law but also debated it and tried to harmonize the teaching of the Torah with their own ideas or found their own ideas suggested or implied into it, according to Britannica.com. I was looking for some good definitions of Pharisees. These actually are kind of confusing. Or the Pharisees claimed prophetic or mosaic authority for their interpretations of the law and asserted the principles of religious democracy and progress. That is according to JewishEncyclopedia.com. The Pharisees bantered and argued and struggled for control of the temple with their rivals, the Sadducees. Sometimes we kind of conflate them all together, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but they were very different in the ways that they believed and acted. The Pharisees were essentially a political party and was made up of typically successful businessmen that had enough free time to spend with their like-minded companions solving the problems of the religious world. They were a brotherhood. A brotherhood. And even though it seems that Pharisees welcomed questions and debate, there were boundaries. So when Nicodemus started hearing of some of the things that this rebellious and radical Jesus were saying, and knowing that among both the Pharisees and the Sadducees that Jesus was beginning um, to be a little bit more than a pest, Nicodemus took his questions and doubts into the dark. He came to Jesus by night, the gospel writer says, under the cover of darkness, one might say, so that hopefully no one would see him or rat him out to his brotherhood. Nicodemus, in his opening words to Jesus, says, We know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Already, good old Nick here is breaking out of the mold. It's a little unclear who the we is that he speaks of, this alleged group of people who believes that Jesus is indeed a teacher blessed with powers from God, because it's not the Pharisees at large. And maybe it doesn't matter that Nicodemus said we when maybe it was really I. What matters is that Nicodemus is hungry for new ideas. According to Anna Carter Florence, one of my favorite preachers and professors, she says that Nicodemus wanted the dialogue. 
but not the risk to his good name and reputation. He came to Jesus by night for a private audience, and he left the same way, which is to say, unchanged. He wasn't ready to stand up and act on Jesus' words. He wasn't ready to trade his life of comfort and privilege for the life of a new kind of discipleship. He wasn't ready to work for institutional change. Instead, he slipped back into the night and continued to watch Jesus from afar. He let fear, rather than hope, have the upper hand. End quote. As Anna Carter Florence says, he wants to talk about these strange new ideas, but he isn't ready to take those ideas onto the floor of the synagogue where he might be ridiculed and ostracized. He doesn't want to engage in these new thoughts in any way that might be transformative. He wants to talk with Jesus in the night. How can we begin again, Nicodemus asks. How can we be born again? That doesn't seem to make sense, says Nicodemus. Do we have to re-enter our mother's womb? Nicodemus was looking for a way to begin again without the burden of the past behind him. To start over without those that accepted him as he was to have to be involved. If he could just start over as an infant, well then, it would be easier for him to make different choices, right? Because it is not easy to start over. Just ask Abraham, who was... 75 years old, when God told him to pick up everything he had and move from Haran to Canaan to start a completely new life with an entirely new God and a radically new set of expectations and practices. 75 years old. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And according to Genesis, Abraham just kind of went, okay, he says and goes. Or maybe we just don't get the part of the story where Abraham cries in the dark, mourns his life of comfort and privilege, questions everything he has ever known. But we get that story with Nicodemus. And it's a story that's so relatable. Now, in some ways, as readers in this time, readers of the text looking at this story, we can kind of shake our heads at Nicodemus, look at his questions as silly and naive and ultimately short-sighted as he slinks away from Jesus in the night without being changed and without being willing to share his deepest thoughts with his closest friends. It's easy for us now to look back on that and say, oh, well, Nicodemus. But Nicodemus isn't quite 
done. In fact, in John chapter 7, the Pharisees start to really, really get irked with Jesus. And they go to the temple police and they demand that Jesus be arrested. And the police are a little taken aback. They're like, people don't ask us to do those sorts of things. What are you even talking about? And the Pharisees decide that since the police are not doing anything in that moment, that the police, too, have been deceived by Jesus' ways. And the Pharisees insult the police. Now, near the end of this chapter, while this is going on, Nicodemus speaks out in verse 51. He says, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they're doing, does it? We don't just go around arresting people without a, without a good trial. And the Pharisees turn on him and say, Surely you are not also from Galilee, are you? Search, and you will see that no prophet is to arise from Galilee. Effectively shutting Nicodemus down. Get back in your place, Nick, they say. Don't start believing these radical ideas that threaten to displace us, our power, and our authority. And as Anna Carter Florence points out, Nicodemus, I'm having a hard time saying his name, Nicodemus fades into silence, backing back into the crowd, not standing up against this injustice, staying in his place, not making waves, keeping his thoughts to himself, lest people think less of him. Sure, later, some of us know, he shows up and offers to buy expensive oils and offers a place for Jesus' body to be buried. But it might be too little, too late. Again, Anna Carter Florence writes about Nicodemus. We can spot him at the council meeting. Where the pressure to vote with the pressure to vote with the angry majority becomes almost more than we can bear. We can glimpse him in a church when our courage wavers and we cut the last two paragraphs of a sermon that was maybe a little too challenging. That one's for me. Every time we ponder hiding a piece of us to ask the questions that trouble us. Nicodemus is the one wringing his hands in vexation, worrying on our behalf about what we might say. Wouldn't it be wiser to wait? Is today really the day to speak up, step up, stand out? Nicodemus is that. And yet he's also the one who reminds us that change is possible, even for the most venerable teachers and preachers and believers of Israel. Coming to Jesus by night isn't the only option. 
No matter how wise we are, no matter how respected in the community, there is always more light to see, says Florence. And it may rock our worlds. It may blow our minds. We may find ourselves rethinking an idea or position we thought we had long ago resolved. We may discover that something isn't right in the institutional framework, and we're all off balance. We may have to dig down to the foundations and begin again. And how does a person find energy for that? To revise a life's work and be born again after having grown old. End quote. The truth is, and the challenge is, that each day is a new day. Every day is a new start. What we couldn't do today, we have the possibility of doing tomorrow. Because tomorrow's a new day. And everything is better in the morning. Even us. Even us. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.